Be careful what you wish for. Larger congressional representation for a state is a good thing overall. But when you get an extra seat, the question becomes, where do you put it? As everyone is learning, it's easier said than done. This is Purplish from CPR News, a podcast about Colorado politics, policy, and for this season, all things redistricting. I'm Caitlin Kim, here with Benta Berklin. Hey. And for this episode, we're going to discuss how the commission is going to solve a problem like a new congressional district. Like you said, it's a good problem to have. Colorado certainly doesn't want to be losing population. It is complicated. Where do you find 721,714? Wow, I actually yeah. made it through that. <laughs> people to, to put in this district that meet all the other criteria that you're required to do. Yeah, just thinking about it makes my head spin, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, because you, you shift one thing and then it shifts. It's like a Rubik's Cube. Actually, someone the way someone described it to me, it's like a bubble, right? You push in one area of the bubble or the balloon and another area will pop mm-hmm. out. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, right now the nonpartisan staff started with a, a map that would have this new 8th Congressional District in the northern suburbs of Denver and stretching northeast along Route 85 into Weld County. Right. And that location does make sense because it's an area of the state that's seen a lot of growth in the last 10 years. Another interesting thing is that this area makes up about 30 percent of Colorado's Hispanic and Latino population. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to sort of the other communities of interest, well, let's just say people within the boundaries of this draft vision of CD8 Uh, Yeah, they don't see high dot, (laughs) as I learned on a recent road trip within the boundaries of this new district. I'm driving north from Thornton on U.S. Route 85. This highway is the spine of the draft district as it stretches up and out of the north Denver metro area. It looks good on paper, but I wanted to hear from the people who find themselves in this proposed district. And I have a friend along for the ride. I'm Grace Hood. I'm the former energy and environment reporter for CPR. And I'm heading to grad school this fall to study urban and regional planning. Grace spent a lot of time reporting in this part of the state. And I wanted to know what caught her eye driving this road again. I would say the biggest change that I've noticed is uh, fields being turned into developments. You can see construction cranes on both sides of the four-lane highway. People have moved north out of Denver in search of affordable housing or better schools or even a more quiet existence. It's helped drive the population growth of this area. Brighton has grown about 10,000 people in the last decade. This southern part of Weld County that we're approaching is really comprised a significant chunk of growth, which is, I I think, a big reason why Colorado got uh, an additional congressional district here. But it feels like it doesn't take long before we're past the housing developments and into a landscape of grain silos and... One, two, three, four pump jacks in a field to my right. Signs of the oil and gas industry. Ag and energy, the two prevailing interests the further north we drive. I stopped in at one of the towns strung along this stretch of road, Platteville. We're a close-knit community for the most part, I would say. A farming and agriculture community. Energy is big here, too. Yes, very big. That's Mayor Adrian Sandoval. I always describe Platteville as halfway between Denver and Greeley and close to neither. When she first saw the draft congressional map, one thought went through her mind. Holy smokes, we're going to get ignored completely ignored. For her, the math is simple. 
The southern portion of the district, which includes parts of Arvada, Westminster, Broomfield, Thornton, and Commerce City, has more than 600,000 people. Up in this rural part of the district... Fort Lupton and Platteville combined, we're only 11,000 population, which is 2%. She fears her rural community's concerns will be dwarfed by those of the urban communities to the south. It's something we also heard from voters around here. Leanne Larson lives in Milliken, the northernmost town in the proposed district, where energy strong signs can be seen in shop windows. When I showed the draft map to her, she had a visceral reaction. To me, it says my vote won't count. Only, only Denver will count. Do you not see a community of interest in the, in the map the way it's currently drawn? No, I don't think it's to our community's interest. Okay. We have a lot more in common with Well County and Greeley than we do Denver. But the rest of Well County will be in the 4th Congressional District. And then there is politics to think about. The North-South split is also a political one, with bluer areas closer to Denver getting redder as you head up the road. And overall, it would lean Democratic. Grace says whoever ends up representing this district will be torn between conflicting needs. Uh, I've always thought about uh, rural sort of being together to a certain extent and urban being together to a certain extent, and this is really both. So I think whoever ends up uh, with this district, if, if it's the boundaries are largely maintained, it's going to have some challenges. How do you balance oil and gas jobs with communities in the South that are concerned about the health, environmental, and climate change effects of that industry? How do you balance the ag sector in the North with the science and tech sector of the South? But those aren't the only questions this district raises. The Denver metro area is not a political monolith. Zoom in on the southern portion of CD8, and you see a cross-section of counties, cities, and towns, each with their own identity, many of which get divvied up between different districts. So when I first looked at it, I was confused. Tracy Craftharp is a Jefferson County commissioner. She's happy the state is getting another voice in Congress. And she thinks there are some advantages to having the eastern part of Jefferson County in the new district. But she doesn't see a common thread overall for her town especially when you look at how the congressional map compares to the statehouse maps. When I second looked at it and really started looking into it, I was even more confused because for me, my house district goes south and west. My senate district goes north, and then my congressional district divides up my town and um, goes north um, into areas like Weld County. She doesn't like that Arvada in particular is split between two congressional districts. Arvada Mayor Mark Williams feels the same way. For him, this summer's tragic shooting of a police officer in Old Town showed in stark relief his community of interest. And it wasn't just Arvada police. It was Wheat Ridge. It was Jefferson County Sheriff's Department. It was Lakewood, um, Edgewater. All of them immediately uh, were, were on scene. And that's a community of interest. His priority is that Arvada stay with the rest of Jefferson County. Public safety, health care, infrastructure, economic development, higher education is Jefferson County focused. And that was usually the main request from the public at the redistricting commission's hearings. Keep my city, keep my county whole. We believe the commission to ensure Commercially is wholly located in Congressional District 8. In the state I consider the whole north part of Thornton 
to be a very connected segment of a larger community with many common interests, including infrastructure, community planning. As a community of interest, I'd love to see Boulder County stay whole. So draw the but commissioners have a question for people making this request. Where else would you lose or add population? What other city or county would be divided? After all, the congressional districts have to have exact populations. Mayor Williams knows it's going to be a challenge. If you move one line, the ripple effect to keep the population number even means other lines move. And other things, like political makeup, changes. It's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, when you push inside the bubble. You know, when you push on one edge, the other edge moves. And so it's, they've, got a, they've got a lot of uh, work to get ahead of them. One group that has waded through the data to suggest concrete changes to the draft map is the Colorado Latino Leadership Advocacy and Research Organization, CLARO. Their goal is to ensure Colorado's Latino population has equitable representation. Alex Apodaca-Cobell says in Claro's 8th district, Latinos would make up about 40 percent of the population. That's about 10 percent higher than the draft map. It leaves out Jeff Cohen-Weld and instead would get population from the western and northern part of Denver. So we thought that was important to have the district centered in Adams County where there's been so much growth. And um, traditionally, the community has not been the center of um voting power and attention. Adams County knows a thing or two about being split between congressional districts. County Commissioner Emma Pinter says right now they have three congressional offices to meet with, the fourth, the sixth, and the seventh. It is an issue and it can also be an asset where we have multiple advocates. It really depends on who our members of Congress are and how much they um, identify with Adams County and feel rooted in the struggles that we're facing. Back in Platteville, Spencer Bradnan isn't as concerned by all the differences found within the proposed eighth. He likes that his hometown could be in a much smaller, at least geographically, district than the fourth, which comprises much of the eastern part of the state. And the Platteville Board of Trustee member adds, if everyone is equally unhappy, maybe it's a good thing. We're all Coloradans. We're all humans. I don't see why we have to draw barriers and lines between each other. Although no one knows how drastically, most people expect the draft congressional map to change. The first version didn't really focus on communities of interest. That's what the public hearings have been for. It won't be until the next map comes out that we'll find out who and what areas of the state were successful when it came to advocating for their community of interest and where the final lines of CD8 may land. So we heard a lot of reasons why people will be keeping an eye out on the lines of CD8. Mm-hmm. You know, the changes and how those lines shift when the nonpartisan staff releases the revised draft maps on Labor Day. But, you know, there is a special group of people really keeping an eye out on those lines. Right, Benta? Right. A small but powerful group. A group that wants to be even more powerful. Um, and those are the people who want to run for Congress and be the first person to represent Colorado's 8th congressional district. And so right now, the, the most prominent person who's announced to run is a Democratic state lawmaker, Yadira Caraveo. She grew up in Thornton. Mm-hmm. She lives, you know, in the proposed district. Yeah. And she feels pretty confident that she'll it's, still be in the district okay. when it's finalized. Okay. I, I would all probably also have to add that we want to keep an eye out on Representative Ed Perlmutter, the current representative for the 7th Congressional District. He kind of lives on the border of mm. his current district and the 8th District or the proposed 8th District. And depending how the lines move or shift, you know, he's the one person that could potentially be drawn into a new district. And then the question will then become, you know, does he move and run in CD7 or does he run in the new district? 
Yeah, I think for Perlmutter, regardless of what happens, you know, as an incumbent, he's definitely going to have an advantage. I wouldn't see a Democratic primary against Perlmutter in any way. But we have a very deep Democratic bench in the state. Democrats have a majority in the state legislature. There's a lot of ambition, a lot of people who would love to go to Congress. And Caraveo, what's interesting about uh, her background, she's a Latina Mm -hmm. um, and she's a pediatrician. She's the only... uh, physician in the state legislature. So that will be one of her focuses. But I think a lot of people are waiting to see exactly where the lines are and how things shake out before they would announce anything. Yeah. And I'm guessing just because it is going to be an an open seat, no one's going to clear the field right away unless it is a very well-known and very well-funded candidate. But Mm -hmm. we've talked about the Democratic side. How about the Republican side, which I think would probably be the more challenging well, one name I've I've heard floating around, and anyone who follows politics will not be surprised here, it's Republican State Senator Kevin Priola. Uh, he lives in that area. He's consistently, overwhelmingly outperformed Republicans at the top of the ticket. Mm-hmm. And he's the most moderate Republican in the legislature. And we certainly do have a lot of Coloradans who are more middle of the road and unaffiliated. Yep. And so that would be the lane he would go in. Um, we, I'm you know, we'd see some other people too. So it'll be fun to cover. I mean, no matter what, I think it'll be a fun race to keep an eye out. Yeah. And I I actually think it'll be interesting to see if if it's a bellwether, to see if sort of the moderate Republican can come back in Colorado after seeing more of a shift towards conservative Republicans taking the front seat for a change. I mean, it seems like the way this district is currently drawn, even though it's not final, that it's expected to favor a Democratic candidate. Right. Yes, I think, yeah, it is. But that said, you know, I'm also going to guess there are going to be like county commissioners or mayors or people who have never run for office, you know, a la Jason Crow or Lauren Boebert, that might also be, you know, thinking about it and we may see put their hat in the ring. So you never know, right? Politics can be surprising. I, I think that's one thing we've learned. And there can always be someone that, like you said, doesn't come from a political background that can just be a shining star or really galvanize people and then with the national political dynamics, that's going to impact any race here, too. And so we don't know what we don't know, but I think it's safe to say there'll probably be a lot of surprises. And I'm curious. I'm curious to see who the field will be. I'm curious to see where the lines will be. (laughs) All right. So that's it for this episode. We'll be back in your feeds in a couple of days with more on our deep dive on all things redistricting. Purplish is a production of member-supported Colorado Public Radio. Learn about becoming a member and join today at CPR.org. I'm Caitlin Kim with my colleague, Benta Berklin. This is Purplish from CPR News.